You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio A here in our CHGO studios. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me is the normal panel, our A-team. We got Vinny Duber on the far left. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. The man in the middle, Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter, at Ecknerwall23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We are being... Produced today by our guy, Stephen Nicholas. And I think that's Kevin from WGN formerly, right? It is yeah. Kevin. Yeah, I, I know Kevin from following me on Twitter. What's up, yeah. Kevin? Yeah, well, How you doing, man? Just I, just, I just had that reckon. I didn't even say hi to him, didn't meet him, but now I'm realizing just as he's producing wow, our show. You were big time in him earlier. Big that's not him. very nice. I know yeah. Kevin. What's up, Kevin? What Good to guy. see you, man. How you doing? <laughs> Follow Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's Kevin Wells, right? My guy. There we go. So I already first, knew him. That's why I didn't need to make the introduction. There you go. First and last him. name. It took you a whole week to get mine down. That's true. <laughs> that is absolutely true, Scott. <laughs> call me Scott again. <laughs> well, we, uh, we like to chant things on the CHGO Bets account, uh, on the CHGO Bets show. So chanting Scott's a lot e- easier than chanting Steven. Like Scott, 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 Steven, Scott, Scott. Not sure how much easier it is, but it's, it's one uh, syllable. you know. On today's show for the CHGO White Sox <laughs> podcast, we will be talking about the White Sox offseason. A lot of fans feel like it's been so par. We'll have the discussion if it has been. The White Sox made a trade for a right fielder. It's not anybody you know, but we'll try to inform you on who Adam Hazley, Halsley, we'll find out, is. And we'll talk about Tony LaRusse's comments on the right field debate. And obviously, I guess they've addressed that already. We'll get into our icebreaker now. Tony LaRusse had some comments yesterday about the White Sox adding to their right field depth. And, Stephen, if we could pull up the uh, quote, because it got people a little bit upset. Daryl Vince Gowen tweeted out uh, after a pool report from uh, Tony La Russa, after a pool meeting from Tony La Russa, he said, fans who want White Sox to go outside of organization to find another right fielder are probably not White Sox fans, Tony La Russa said, said. White Sox fans know we have guys in this camp who can handle it. That phrase, are probably not White Sox fans, infuriated some fans. You and I, Vinny, didn't think much of it when we first heard it. I don't think you, your, your opinions changed, but what do you hear when you hear fans, they aren't White Sox fans, when, when thinking about needing a right field upgrade? So, I mean, listen, I have the, uh, the benefit of having experience of talking to Tony on a very regular basis, a daily basis, uh, you know, for six months out of the year. And uh, this is very much in line with a lot of the stuff that he says when he's talking about, you know, when we'll ask him a question like, oh, well, fan, fans want this, fans like this. It's basically him saying, 
if you've been paying attention, if you've been watching closely, you know what our right field situation is. And then it's where we get into the differ- difference of opinion because there is a large number of fans who do know what the, white, what the right field situation is and aren't happy with it. Uh, Tony obviously is happy with it. And he, he is kind of basically just saying there, listen, if you've been paying attention like I have, you've got a reason to be excited about these guys. Why would you want to go outside the organization when we've got Vaughn and Sheets and Leury and Angle? These guys are great because they're my players, and of course right. I'm going to say amazing things about them. So, um, yeah, that's that's all it is. It's, it's, nothing, it's nothing bad. Listen, I understand when you see that on a uh, – 280 character tweet that you're going to fly off the handle that's that's with well within people's rights but you know don't worry tony's not trying to insult <laughs> you he's he's a, he's a friendly fellow <laughs> herb did you find that to be friendly i mean i said it yesterday i was like this is him instilling confidence in the people who are in camp but i see the quote and i could see why white Sox fans took that quote with the culmination of what they've done this offseason which we'll talk about a little later and saying what the is going on with the White Sox? Are they trying to alienate me as a fan? Don't sign any real big-name big, time, big name players. And now the uh, manager is talking about us, the fans. You know, people take it personally, especially when you put fan in there, when you specifically call out the fan. I think that quote could have been better stated. Like, hey, guys, we have all the help we need right there in the clubhouse. That's all he had to say. Right. The fan part, I could see why people can get out of shape with the culmination of whatever's been happening in the offseason. If he worded it differently and said, the 28 guys that I have are my 28 guys, and I'm happy with that, that would have, we wouldn't have, ne- we've never have seen that quote. It's just because he used that quote or that line about the fans, which is, I mean, for Tony to say that, I, I don't know if it means much, because again, it's, it's the way that he speaks. Uh, so, like, for fans getting upset, I don't know if. Tony LaRusa cares if he upsets you, to be Probably honest. Like, well, and also, too, <laughs> don't be surprised, too, if this is the first Tony LaRusa is hearing of people being upset with the White Sox right field situation. He's on Twitter. He congratulated on He is on Twitter mostly to talk about his, his charity. But, uh, yeah, I don't think he uh, follows a lot of you guys. No offense. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he follows me either, so I, don't, I wouldn't worry about it. Right. I, I think it would be more <laughs> concerning if the, the – manager of the White Sox went out and said, yeah, we're, we're really thin in right field. Like, right. We, we could need some help right. out there. Exactly. That, that would cause more issues because then I think we could connect like, oh, I don't know if Rickon wanted him to be the, the manager after the 2020 uh, season. And, and going into it, it felt like, you know, this was more of Jerry's pick. So then if he was coming out and being like, yeah, I don't know if Rickon's doing the right job. All he said was, these guys that we have are the guys that we have. Now it is after an Andrew Vaughn injury too, which I think that's why he's being asked the question. Well, here, here's what I'll say, and this is a preview of the rest of the podcast because I'm going to be saying this a lot. Just like I said yesterday, the Andrew Vaughn injury was not viewed for what it was, but view, through the lens of everybody wants him to go sign Michael Conforto. The trade today for Adam Hazley, as we're going to <laughs> very slowly have to say his name every time. Uh, that, I, I think we can make the rule, too. Guardians jar also now includes Adam Hazley. Oh, that's dangerous. I'm just going to be throwing money in. Yeah. That's your fault. I'm call yeah. him Halsley Get better. all the time. Herb's bank account's about to be bone dry. Um, <laughs> that trade, viewed through the lens of everybody wants them to sign Michael Conforto. Tony's comments, viewed through the lens of everybody wants them to sign Michael Conforto. And I'm not sure that any of those three things have anything to do with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. We can make those connections, obviously. But listen, Andrew on getting hurt and, and, and talking about him out in right field, it means something for Andrew Vaughn and right field. Doesn't mean anything for them going to get Conforto. Tony t- talking, complimenting his guys. Doesn't mean anything for whether they are or aren't going to sign Michael Conforto. And this trade for Hazley 
doesn't have anything to do with them signing Michael Conforto. They, they, it, it covers other bases. So obviously people are reacting through that lens. And listen, that's all right. Do whatever you want to do. Just realize that some of these other things are existing and they have nothing to do with this. Right. Uh, Herb, I'm reminiscent of when he was preaching up uh, Jonathan Lucroy last year to be the backup catcher for the White Sox, mm-hmm. talking about how good Lucroy looked, how healthy he looked. The last thing Tony wants to do as well, being a former player, is put down players who have a chance to possibly make an MLB team, whether it be for the White Sox or whether it be for a different team that, you know, he's been a part of the organizations before, the Angels, Red Sox in the front office. Like, he understands that teams might be looking at these guys, and something that would be horrible for your job is if your manager is like, yeah, these guys stink. So, yeah. again, it's, it's coach speak that I think we're really just not used to from Tony just because he hasn't been here for a long time outside of last year. And he's using the media to filter down the message to the players. Hey, I got faith in you guys. He probably tells them in the clubhouse privately, but it's also in public now. It's like, hey, I am a Hall of Fame guy. I know good talent when I see it, and we have good talent there in right field. We have more than enough to cover right field. Also, I don't, Vinny, this is a question to you. Working with Tony and, and having to ask him questions, he does like to be specific about questions. Do you, do you think that this question possibly, and I don't know what the question was, um, but like, do you think that this is just a response that you'd get if you asked Tony maybe a, a question that he really can't go in-depth into? Absolutely. It sounds to me like he was responding, and I think, I don't know if it was Daryl's tweet or Merck's tweet, but one of them included yeah. this information. He was asked whether he was asked about fans wanting more more help in right field. Fans wanting a new right fielder. I don't think the uh, – if the question was just, Tony, do you think that you guys need more help in right field? Do you guys think you need to go outside the organization to get a right fielder? He's not bringing up the fans. Why would he just bring up the fans randomly? It was a question about pro- – to, to my recollection of what those guys tweeted, fans right. asking for that being necessary. There, yeah. there you are. Well, and so. Yeah, Daryl didn't include it. I mean, kind of did. did. Yeah. yeah, fans want to go. But uh, Merkin did go a little bit more in depth. LaRusso was asked this morning, uh, media session on fans wanting the organization to go out and add someone else for right field. Does he view it as a necessity? Those are probably the fans who are not White Sox fans. So, again, a little, a little harsh language there. I, I think it has to. I, I don't think it's like you better like you better yeah. like this collection of folks we have, or you're not a true White Sox fan. I think the idea is it's in line with some of the stuff he said before, where if you are a White Sox fan and paying as close attention right. as a White Sox fan does, then you would know, kind of thing. But again, we are spending a lot of time on just you know on on cutting apart his uh, his sentence or two right. there. But, well, it's funny too because he makes this idea of like we're not going to go outside of the organization, and today. They go outside of the organization Absolutely. and make a trade. McKinley Moore for the White Sox, their 27th prospect in the minor leagues, has been traded for Adam Hazley of oh. the Philadelphia Phillies, an outfielder, former first-round pick of the 2017 first-round draft. Looking at this pickup, Herb, where did your mind go first? What was your thoughts? Adam Hazley, does it do anything for you? What's your thoughts? Firstly, MLB insider Ken Rosenthal tweets it out and spells his name wrong. And so I'm searching for Adam Hazley with a H-I-A or H-A-I instead of how he spells his name for five minutes. And no, Google didn't help me. Like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> um, but now that it's settled a little bit, I feel can't hurt, might help. The guy was a former first-round pick. Had minimal success in the minors and terrible success. Well, 2019 wasn't bad uh, at all. Uh, just, it's fine. It's Nick Williams again, but I hope better results. 
this guy has a multiple options so he can go back down to AAA if the White Sox don't see him as a Major League Baseball player. It's fine. I'm not going to go hog wild over Adam Hazley signing or a acquisition. Great. Fine. It doesn't matter. I know why people got mad because they saw Adam Hazley as the replacement for Michael Conforto. It's not it. If Adam Hazley plays a lot, that means he's probably good. Good. Right. F it. It might hurt. I mean, it might help. Let's, let's, you know, I'll give Rick the benefit of the doubt. He didn't trade anything big. It's just a minor trade that in this whole White Sox offseason is magnified because of what the White Sox fans really want. I think on its surface, it's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. This is, this is you, you brought up a name. I'll bring up two. Best case scenario, this is Brian Goodwin. Worst case scenario, it's Nick Williams. And that's all it is. It's, 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 hey, remember last year when two of the three outfielders were knocked out for months at a time? <laughs> Boy, sure needed some fill-ins, you know, and that's what this is. It's another one of those. Uh, we saw an awful lot of Brian Goodwin last year, an awful lot of Billy Hamilton. This year, the hope is that we will see an awful lot of Aloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, and that mix of right fielders. Hey, it's very possible that Adam Hazley never sees the major leagues. And also yeah. seeing it unfold, too. Like, Ken, Ken Rosenthal tweeted out first that the White Sox acquired Hazley, and then fans start running, like, oh, who did we give up? You know, I, th- I saw Kimbrell's name be thrown out there. Uh, I knew you that know, wasn't like, No, it, it didn't happen. It ends up being a very, very minor move. And it only, like, again, if he, he ends up playing, it's either a good thing because he ends up, you know, having some production that the White Sox have unlocked, or it's a bad thing because injuries have happened. Right. So, I mean, that's really the one thing. It's a depth move. So if you are getting your uh, britches in a bunch here about Adam Halsley, like this Or Hazley. Hazley. Uh, there we go. There's, there's one right there. <laughs> one. Uh, Adam Hazley. Uh, sorry to Adam Hazley. Like, it's, it's, it's a guy that is a quad A player. He, all of his grades from 2019 have him rated around 45 to 50 for his power, his hit, his fielding, his arm. He is an average player. He is not going to come in here and it's take a, a 20, spot from Adam Engel. Of course, it's on 2080 scale. Yeah, 2080 scale. Okay. Uh, this is from Fangraphs. Uh, that's just, just confusing. Pro- pro- it is. That is, it, it that is. is intentionally <laughs> confusing. I never understood why that's the case. Just go 0 to 100. Right. Or 1 through 10. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> he's good. He's, he's, he's a 4. He's a 4 <laughs> at power. Like, that would make more sense than a 50. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's, he is an average player. I don't think that you're going to see some crazy production out of him. I don't think that you're going to see a lot of games from him. He's not a guy that has any discerning skill. He is just a baseball player. He doesn't seem to be an over-athletic guy. He just seems to be a guy that has played baseball his entire career. He's 25, he's fairly right? good at it. Uh, yeah, 26, I think, now. He's going to be 26 on April 12th. Happy okay. birthday uh, to Adam Hazley. Yeah, I, I just think it's a nice step move. Uh, good, good, good on you, Rick Hahn. It was a good move as far as the rest of the offseason, which we'll talk about a uh, little later. It's not really the move that White Sox fans were looking for, and they thought that was that Rick Hahn's like, oh, here we go, splashing from Adam <laughs> Hazley. No, calm down. I, hey, there's no bigger Rick Hahn criti- critic than me. Come on now. Than Rick Hahn, probably. I would give Rick Hahn some troubles if I thought this was the right fielder that they're getting. I'm not. I'm not even going to sweat it. Later on, maybe in the show, I'll maybe talk about Rick Hahn a little bit. Just so, skosh. I'll keep it friendly. Keep it cordial. <laughs> Come on now. Sean, it's, you and I talked at length about Adam Hazley before the show You started. like him. I do like him. He's a former top 100 prospect guy for trading our 27th prospect in the system. I think it's worth a flyer. I don't think it's going to be a big impact, but 
why not give it a shot, see what he's got. He'll probably be a fifth or sixth outfielder. It's low risk, moderate reward at best for me. Right. Right I mean, now he's the fifth or sixth right fielder, <laughs> not just outfielder. But, yeah, I mean, Jeez, I think yeah. you go ahead and, and write out that right field depth chart. I think he's probably no higher than six at the moment, right? Yeah, but at that point, yeah. too, it's like, you know, you, you, got, you look at the depth chart. You don't really need to go too deep after Jimenez and Robert. You know, in if, those if, two positions, yes. there's those, one. Yeah. There's one spot on those depth charts. Not nothing. Nothing after so, it. So that's really the thing is, I think White Sox fans see, uh, you know, right field, and they see six names possibly being fit in there: Adolfo, Hazley, now Ingle, Vaughn, Sheets. Like, it's pretty left field and center field's taken care of. Yes, yeah, and I think that as future Sox contributor uh, James Fox pointed out. The same thing could be happening for Michael Rodolfo. Change of scenery, you know, where Michael Rodolfo actually gets at bats in the major leagues this year. Right. And this is kind of the same thing for Adam Hazley. N- new organization, maybe they saw something in his swings, like Phillies are not doing him right. Let's go ahead, get him in the lab, get him with uh, our guys, and see what we can do with him. If anything, swing-wise, he kind of looks like Conforto. Similar build, 6'1", not super big, like powerful, kind of a, a, a thinner frame. Uh, very short, compact swing like Conforto, a little bit open. Uh, just has never had the power that Conforto has. And again, like nothing really sticks out. Uh, he's a fine bat. He can play the outfield. Uh, he's made some nice diving plays. Like I'll say that, watching his uh, defensive plays made in 2019. Like he can dive very cleanly. We won't have some Andrew Vaughn issues here. Like he's, he's, a, he's a natural in left and, and, and I don't right. know if you put it with Steven, but you had a great tweet about Adam Hazley oh, yeah. and current White Sox great pitcher, Vince Velasquez. Yes. Uh, so I, I was watching those, those highlights, and one of them was a diving play in left field, and it was in the 12th <laughs> inning of a White Sox-Phillies game. And I'm oh, like, the legendary. what other game in 2019 <laughs> went to the 12th inning? And I looked up. Hazley moves to center field in the 14th inning. Vince Velasquez goes out to left field. So the White Sox are now just acquiring the Phillies outfield from August from 12th, game. Right, yeah. 2019. <laughs> yeah. Bryce Harper, you're next. No one's, no one's throwing Jose Abreu out at home plate no uh, anymore. Unless no. it's a White Sox. Right. Um, so uh, final thought that I wanted to bring up. Hazley and Adolfo, you brought him up. We're going to see the rosters expand to 28, and we were trying to fill out the 28-man roster. This does feel like... It's possible that Adolfo has hit himself onto the opening day roster for possibly the first three games of the se- uh, se- season while Anderson is still suspended for that. Is that a fair assumption to make that he, it's, that Adolfo it's fair can make that, the It's fair day? to say that it's possible. You know what okay. I mean? We'll see how it shakes out. Who knows, you know, what they think that they need a little bit more. Right now, Adolfo's doing well. They got another week of spring games. We'll see, we'll see what the results are after that. Um, I think that you've got Tim suspended for those first three games. There's a silver lining in that you can put one other guy on the major league roster, but you know, uh, and who knows, maybe they think enough of Adolfo that they would want him around past that opening weekend, certainly too. So uh, we just got to see how it plays out. Certainly he deserves to be in the mix. Whereas before the spring started, I would have probably told you this is the end of Mike or Adolfo in a White Sox uniform. Now maybe it's not the end and we could, <laughs> and we'll, we'll see a little bit more, but uh, again, unless he has a uh, your mean Mercedes esque start right. from the production standpoint, I'm not sure how many at bats there are to go around when you've got uh, uh guys like Vaughn and Sheets who are held in such high esteem by this team. Thoughts on Adolfo? I mean, the same thing. Like, you, we don't know when uh, Andrew Vaughn's coming back. It said one to two weeks. Maybe he misses those first three games in Detroit and just waits until they have a home opener uh, the 12th. So you get those extended periods of time where you can have Mike or Adolfo get a couple of bats there up in Detroit 
and like he says, if he's the power guy that he's profiled to be, maybe he runs into a couple, has a weekend like Chris Shelton, if we're talking about the Tigers, <laughs> and then trade him immediately. I don't remember Anybody the Chris who, Shelton game. Chris Shelton, no, Chris Shelton hit like 20 home runs before the All-Star break uh, with the Tigers and then fell off the map. He hit like, I think, like 13 of them in April. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's like the greatest April in baseball history. And then you never heard a peep from he's him after that. Yeah. He's on a milk carton now. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, in April in 2005, he hit four home runs. All right, it had to be a different year. Yeah. Crazy. Shout out to Chris Shelton. Yeah, he, that, he, it's what is it Michael Hoffpower or Brian LaHare? Brian LaHare was on the All Star team, yeah, and, uh, in 2012, and then was out of <laughs> out of Major League Baseball by the end of that season, I believe. Chris yeah. Shelton, ten home runs in uh, April of 2006. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, and he made the All Star team that yep. year, I believe. Is no. that correct? No, he didn't make the All Star. Oh, I thought team. he made no. the All Star. He team. was no. he was done by the end of April. Okay, that, he, uh, it was all it was, was all downhill from there. Well, then trade him immediately if if Mike Rodolfo does the same as Chris Shelton. Trade him after his fifth home And run. that Tigers team made the World Series that season, did they not? The uh, yes, they did. Yeah. Yes, and and did. who did they beat? They, to get to the World Series? No, who did they beat in the World Series? They oh, they lost win. the World Series. Oh, they lost to, in the World to, Series. To Tony LaRusso. I was just trying to connect Tony LaRusso back to the story. <laughs> yeah, that's why the White Sox have two World Series. That's 2005 to 2007. There's, that's their White Sox World Series era because you got to win at least 90 games to win a World Series. In my book, <laughs> 83 is not enough. Tony LaRusso. I was going to say, you bring that up to Tony. See how, see if he'll give you, see if he'll hand you over that ring. Yeah. Oh wow, Herb, you're right, right off the finger. Here you go. The best way to get Tony Larusa's World Series ring off his finger is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you tough. sign up. That was a stretch. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you do that work. right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker all for making a more than $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. I have to let you know about my favorite feature of the PointsBet app. You can boost your odds. Herb hit a big money line parlay, and he wasn't using PointsBet. If he was using PointsBet, he could have boosted his odds and made more money. So, you know, I'm not going to blame Herb. I'm I'm just saying you can make more money. You can use the best sports book right now, PointsBet, Use the code CHGO. Get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Use the code CHGO. Put in a first-time deposit of $50 or more. You can possibly boost your odds and win more money on that first-time play that you make. An online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. Plus, during PointsBet's Match Madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets. During each round, just place a $50 pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to be used for that round. So what are you waiting for once the game starts? Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I do use PointsBet, by the way. Just, oh, I know I, you do. I won on a different one. Yeah, I mean, you know. I'm not putting my losers up there. No, you're not putting up your losers, and unfortunately your losses have come on, on PointsBet. But that's not PointsBet's fault. That's, the, not. that's user just, error right there. Gambling. Oh, same here. I'm, I'm horrible at gambling. I mean, so. you're the host of the show, though. I'm, I'm the host of a gambling show that doesn't win money. <laughs> Our next partner has a product I literally use every day. I started taking AG1s because I just got this first full-time job. It's been about 25 days of me taking AG1. It helps me get up and start my day right. Helps me get on a schedule. Helps my body start feeling the right way it should immediately in the morning. And my favorite part about Athletic Greens is it doesn't taste super healthy. It has a mild tropical taste. 
that I look forward to each and every morning. You might be asking, what is this stuff? One delicious scoop of AG1s, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. My favorite part too, it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, whether you eat paleo, whether you eat vegan, whether you eat dairy-free or gluten-free, uh, my girlfriend likes to avoid dairy. No problem. It's easy. It's lifestyle friendly. If you have a different lifestyle, if you're trying to incorporate a healthy way to take in vitamins, minerals, your healthy, necessary greens, Athletic Greens is the supplement for you. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of a, it's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.chgosocks. Again, that is athleticgreens.chgosocks to take ownership over your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And Herb, I know you took the uh, vitamin, uh, the travel packs with you. I did. I nice, did. Nice and easy to stay on uh, yeah. on track, right? And I've been, you know, uh, experimenting which one I like the most, like. It says 8 to 12 ounces. I like it probably at the 10-ounce mark because mm. the, all the granules uh, dissolve. It tastes better. A little watery at 12 for me, but, you know, some other people like might want that. And like you said, it's a mild tropical taste. I like the little uh, granules coming down. You only get a little at the end because if you shake it up enough, it dissolves in the water. It's delicious. I've seen some people, oh. too, like the, the metal blender that people have to mix in protein shakes. Oh, yeah. like that, that helps, too. Oh, man, it'll be like getting all the stuff right there. All the vitamins, because I don't like eating vegetables necessarily. Good boy. So, <laughs> AG1. All AG1. good one. Athleticgreens.com slash CHGO socks is where you go for that. Let's move into our next topic. And, Herb, you mentioned uh, being nice to Tony LaRussa. Or, I'm sorry, Rick to, to Rick Hahn. Uh, we're going to jump into, has the Sox offseason been subpar? I want to start with you, since you obviously have thoughts. We talked to Cherizi, who brought this up, and he mentioned Rick Hahn not being able to read the market I don't know if that plays into it, but that was the last time we kind of had this yeah. discussion. What are your thoughts after seeing this offseason unfold? Has it been subpar for the White Sox? It's not over yet, so let me put that out there. But I'm a more process over results guy. So the White Sox, as currently constituted, will win the AL Central, and they'll look damn good winning it, too. You'll see Robert, Aloy, Jimenez, I mean, um, Abreu, Tim, mm -hmm. all of them do well this year. The pitching staff is going to be spectacular, at least the first three starting pitchers. And, of course, the relievers are great. But the process of them in their championship window of this offseason is flawed to me. We expect the White Sox to compete for multiple championships, and that's Rick Hahn's words, like multiple championships. And maybe he thought – multiple championships was just being in the tournament. And if that's what he thought, cool. He's come put us in the tournament for the third time in a row this year. But as a White Sox fan, I felt like this year, this offseason was the time to strike. A lot of good available free agents out there. Two glaring weaknesses for the White Sox, right field and second base. Mm -hmm. I don't think the White Sox properly have addressed those two areas. Like I said many times, the right field situation as a platoon will be fine. I'm not too sold on second base yet. So we have an A student 
This is the metaphor I'm going to use. We have an A student who's getting B's or C's. You're, you're proud of your student. You're proud. But you know that student has more to give, much more. And so you hold them to the standard where you think they should be. At an A, the White Sox right now this season, this offseason, at most I'll give them a C-. Probably if I was just to be mad, will be a D. They really didn't address anything that they had, a glaring weakness from last year. And with the Keuchel slash Rodon thing, I think they lost a little bit on their starting rotation. So those are still question marks. I don't like the offseason as, as it's currently constituted. Rick has plenty of time to do some other stuff. If he wants to go out and trade for Montas or Manaya. Awesome. That would make the, the offseason a little bit better. You mentioned the rotation getting worse. MLB.com just put out a ranking of the rotations head and fourth. You'd think if Rodon was in that rotation, they'd probably be one, but still a top five rotation. And you mentioned time uh, there as well. Vinny, I, I know that's the biggest thing uh, that you wanted to bring up is that the offseason still isn't over yet. Yeah, I mean, it's not. I, I don't know if that's the biggest thing I'd, I'd bring up, but it is true, right? I mean, the, we, the offseason, there's a few days left until right. opening day. I don't know if there's anything that's going to happen in those few days, but uh, we, we owe it to Rick Hahn to, to follow his request to never judge an offseason until it's over, until all the work is put together. I think it comes down to this. How much are you going to weigh the offseason? The, the grade that you give out, Herb, comes at the end of October. Okay. What's the grade for the 2022 White Sox? We won't know until November. And if they win the World Series, what is it? They, then the, the offseason was just fine because that's what they needed to do in order to win the World Series. What I'll say about the offseason is I think that it, is, it cannot be viewed as everybody starting at zero. You know, there have been some gigantic moves made this offseason, like there is every offseason, by some teams that have really gone out and made themselves better. You know what I mean? That you can you. I mean, the Dodgers going to get Freddie Freeman. Oh mm-hmm. man! You know the 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 Rockies going to get Chris Bryant. The Blue Jays going and doing with Matt Chapman and, and and all the other moves that they've made. What the Mariners have done, good for them. But all these teams are starting at different points. You can't say that. You know, I mean, you can go out and say, boy, the Colorado Rockies because they got Chris Bryant had a better offseason than the White Sox. You can say that, but. The Colorado Rockies aren't going to win the World Series. Right. The White Sox might win the World Series. And so I think you can look at, you can look at Rick Hahn as, and that front office as having the opinion that they were starting off at a very, very good spot. And he said as much in November that he liked where they were at. They were going in the right direction. It doesn't mean that they needed to stand pat, that they didn't need to do anything, and they were going to coast to a championship. He said they had work to do, needs to address ways that they needed to improve, and, you can, and, we, and we're going to talk about whether they, they did those kind of things. But I think that you got to look at this being the work of many years, not just many months in, in, in one little bit here. Because I think to, for them to have Luis Robert where he is right now, for them to have Aloy Jimenez where he is right now, Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, Ismani Grandal, you can go all over that roster. And I didn't even mention a pitcher. But, and and you, can, you can say that that was the work of building the 2022 White Sox way more than any, any one signing that he would have made over the, the last bit. If you're a fan... You want to see your team go into the offseason and sign the biggest free agent. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what you should do because that's fun. And when your team doesn't do that, you can understand the frustration. But because your team doesn't sign a big free agent does not suddenly bar them 
from being able to accomplish the things that you want them to accomplish. Well, and I absolutely hear your point about starting from zero because, yes, like the Rockies had have had a better offseason because they add Chris Bryant, but still, I'm, I'm taking the White Sox to win the World Series over the Rockies. Like, absolutely. But I, I do have a little bit of an issue just because you see that they're not starting from zero. You see in 2020 the holes that this team has. You see in 2021 the, t- the holes that they have. I feel like they still haven't addressed those holes. And that's fair. So I, 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 don't, I wouldn't never necessarily even disagree with that to, to an extent, mm-hmm. but I think that you can't base your entire outlook on a team based on whether they didn't go out and get one guy. Right. And, and, I, and, and, and especially when your team is in such a good spot to begin right. with. Yeah. And even because they don't start from zero and all the divisions aren't the same, like, I do think this team can see a, a win increase. I think they can, like, even though their rotation is worse, I think this team can win 95 games. They won 93 last year. I think that with the health of Robert and Aloy, that they can get up past the, the, the mark that they had last year of 93 wins. So absolutely, you know, it's, it's about the process. And maybe Rick Hahn's comments from November 5th will help us understand the process a little bit better uh, but there is stuff from even 2019 that I want to get into this is Rick from November 5th right after the season this is his first media meet after the season's ended he said our division is going to continue to prove but we like where we sit in terms on November 5th being in a position to defend the central crown and get another shot again there's areas we are going to need to get better we're going to address them hopefully over the course of the next several months and have the coaches address them over the course of the spring and into the summer. I saw ESPN.com and MLB.com both did their two early rankings, and I think in both, based on our current projected war and basically the projected roster in one of them, we were second in the American League as we sit here today. That's great on November 4th. It gives you reason for optimism going forward, but it doesn't change the fact that we have, to do, we have work to do and those chasing us are getting better and stronger. And we have to maintain pace. Now, Vinny, you brought up a question to me earlier about... Where do the White Sox stand in the AL? He's saying, Rakan on November 5th, they stood at second, according to ESPN and MLB.com. I said MLB.com had their rotation ranked as the fourth best in the MLB. ESPN just put out a, an article grading their offseason as a C-. minus. I think that the White Sox have gotten worse in comparison to the American League. Would you agree with that? Of being, of, of, from Rick's quote about them being at, at second, do you think that now from November 5th, to where we stand on March 29th, that they aren't the second-best team in the AL, or do you think that they still are? Um, I think things have changed, you know what I mean? I think back in November, I probably would have said the best team in the American League was the Houston Astros. Um, mm-hmm. they, the Houston Astros have gotten worse since then. They've lost Carlos Correa. Uh, I would say that right now, if I had to make a pick right this second, I'd say maybe the best team in the American League on paper is the Toronto Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they were uh, mm-hmm. back on November Back on November 5th. Or, or, so I think things have moved around. I could see the White Sox being the second best team in paper in the American League. I, I think I'd probably put the Blue Jays ahead of them. I might still put the Astros ahead of them, but maybe a little undecided on that fact. You can never count out the Rays, but as I mentioned to you, the Rays are never good on paper, right. but the Rays are always good in practice. So you've got to kind of weigh those two things. I, I don't think it's out, out of line to say that the White Sox could be the second best team in the AL right now. I think maybe I'd maybe conservatively put them third just to include either Houston or Tampa Bay in there. Um, I think one thing that, that Rick mentioned there, and there's a, you know, a little bit of words in that quote that I think really speaks to the way fans are feeling, and it's something we've brought up a whole bunch, but it's, it's the arms race, right? Uh, when you're a contender, what do contenders do? They beef up every offseason, right? right? Man, 
The, you, know, you know what the Dodgers did last year? Dodgers didn't win their division. Dodgers didn't win the pennant. Dodgers didn't win the World Series. So they went out and got an MVP caliber player mm-hmm. to go play first base for them. Um, that's, what, that's what contenders do. They beef up. You know what I mean? And I think while the White Sox made some good signings, certainly in the bullpen, um, I think people wanted them to beef up, wanted them to show the other teams in the American League, all right, you're going to do that. Toronto, you're going to go get Matt Chapman. You know, uh, uh, Dodgers, you're going to go get Freddie Freeman. Well, here's what we're going to do. And I think that's what fans wanted to see. And to this point, the White Sox haven't done that. And so that, I think, is maybe where the frustration comes from. And, and I understand that. I think I would also just say at the same time that we're talking about the White Sox maybe being the second best team in the American League. And that's not a bad place to be in. And, and you cannot say on paper – you cannot say because a team won January or a team won February that it's going to win October. And I, I think the White Sox were already in a good spot to win October before the offseason started. I think they're still in a good spot. Could they be better? Yeah, they yeah. could be. But they're, they are in a good spot also. Those two things can yes. be true. Yeah, and I agree. I uh, think from White Sox fan perspective, they saw in October how summarily dismissed they were from the Houston Astros in the playoffs. They're like, all right, you're not on this level. So we as White Sox fans were like, okay, the White Sox had to see that series. Had to. We see glaring weaknesses at our second base and right field position. And Carlos Rodon might come back. Let's see what we're going to do with these moves. Now, I was not uh, adverse to what the White Sox did with Carlos Rodon. I thought he's injury prone. And to give him a qualifying offer of 18 point whatever it was, would have been a bad move. I thought it would have been a bad move. Yes, Carlos Rodon might have a good year, but you cannot go into this season having that over your head. Having, oh, will he get injured? Will he finish the season? Will, when we need the bell to be rung, will he answer it? And I couldn't have that. So I was agreeing with Rick there. Now, the Craig Kimbrell thing, it turns out, not the greatest thing in the world to hold $16 million in your pocket for Craig Kimbrell. But on the other side, Craig Kimbrell might do something good for your team. So I didn't like how they were kind of announcing, like, hey, we're looking for trade partners for Craig Kimbrell, and he's out here for anybody who wants him. Right. I thought they should have kept that a little bit more secret. I know that it was more of a Bob Nightingale thing, but people see Bob Nightingale as the White Sox mouthpiece, for good or for bad. I just think that White Sox fans – saw that series, saw who was available, and see the White Sox doing nothing while the Twins get Correa, while Detroit gets Javi Baez. Right. Kansas City doesn't get better, neither do the Guardians. Eh. You think, what, Granky's going to come to Kansas I, I City and make them better? It's, I mean, you can't deny the fact that Lance Lynn improved the White Sox rotation last year just on presence alone. Yeah, Dylan, Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech good, had... That's Granky's fine. Like No, no, I'm saying, like, the Royals didn't get better because Granky went over there. But I'm saying the other teams in the division think, got better. The White Sox stayed the same. I think it has a, I could think it could have a larger – I'm not saying that they didn't – you're right, that the Granky signing is nothing yeah. to write home about. They're not winning the division. That's, yeah. that's, that's right. I we'll do, get I to that later. We'll we'll show. Yeah, we'll get, we'll, we're previewing the Royals on the show. Um, I, I do want to bring up a couple comments. Uh, one of them is from Alexander Timothy. It says, in my opinion, they're worse on opening day than last year. You are absolutely wrong on that. The only place that they have gotten worse is the starting rotation – Losing Rodon, but Kopech is has been slotted in with Rodon. We don't know what Kopech could do if he gives you 120 innings of what he was doing last year. The rotation doesn't get that much worse, and if Keuchel is healthy, 
they could be fine rotation-wise. Their bullpen's improved. They're starting opening day with Elo Jimenez in left field. Their right field isn't the right fielder isn't Adam Eaton, and their second baseman they now have Josh Harrison and Leary Garcia. That is better than Nick Madrigal. They are better than they were opening day last year. That is completely wrong. So, I, but what I what is I don't right? But it's wrong. It's just different. You think, well, would here, you say I think what, looking think at last year's opening I day? Think, I think Alexander might argue, and I'm sure he'll comment to this fact, whether it's true or not. Yeah. That what you because we're you spinning s- this offseason, by the way. What you said is true. But I think, the, again, the frustration comes from the fact that you go out and you get a big-name guy, you are trampolining to better than you were last year, right? That's true. I think they – I agree with everything you said. I think they're better than they were on opening day last year. But it's for little reasons that have to do with the existing roster, plus you throw in a couple of really good bullpen arms. Right. And, and there's, no, hmm. there's no guy that is this big home-run free agent where you go – that that makes the Matt, that makes the White Sox way way better. And Matt Alexander Davis. wanted to clear up. He said, "I mean, no injuries is what I meant." Yes, they they aren't injured, okay. which is is still better. I mean, yeah, it's, knock it's, on wood. Well, but, I, and Andrew Vaughn's out one to two weeks with a, a hit pointer. Yeah, and I mean, I th- I think here's the thing to, to to something that Herb keeps saying. You point out you keep calling right field glaring hole, glaring hole, right? And and, and it could be argued that it is. It could yeah. be argued that it is. Yeah. I think the White Sox. Don't think it is. I, that's, yeah. I know they well, don't. They and, and, love Andrew Vaughn. And I think that they think Andrew Vaughn is going to be a fantastic offensive player and that he can play a serviceable right field. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that could very well be true. It could be. And if that and so I because I was going back, you saw the the honk what we put up. I was going back through all those yes, those were. off-season press conferences that he gave in November and into December. And the more you read his answers to the questions about right field. Every time it's we have we have confidence in Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets. It's not oh well we have these internal options but we'll see what is out there like he said with second base. Mm-hmm. Every every answer started boy we like boy we like Andrew Vaughn boy we like Gavin Sheets and I think when you take that into account you can see that that they want to make sure Andrew Vaughn has an everyday role on this team as much as possible and it could very well work out that there is no glaring hole in right field. That's what they think. We're going to find out yeah. if, that, if that's the case or not. Now, right. while they don't speak to him in the glowing terms they use with Luis Robert, and I spoke about this, they love Andrew Vaughn. And like I said, they have confidence in them. And their confidence in Andrew Vaughn makes me feel a little bit more confident in Andrew Vaughn because they think that this is going to be a champion guy. They said he was going to come up and play in the majors last year. And I was like, Bull crap! A to major leagues, that's not going to happen. And he had a representative year. I thought his year as a rookie with, with all the jumps and stuff and all the injuries was pretty good. And now they believe that he can be a major league starting right fielder. I know he can play with the bat. Now I'll see what he can do with the glove. Well, he can play with the bat, and that's why I was trying to make the, the case of if he should be the DH this year just because I, th- I think his bat will play. I don't know if he could be a right fielder. Uh, Sleepy Harold commented, defensive metrics show that Vaughn was better in uh, better – Average, below average, and left field, what makes him uh, believe that they'll be a better uh, in a tougher position in the outfield? I do question his arm. I know he has a third baseman's arm. Uh, I don't know if it's good enough for He has right a fielder. former pitcher's arm, too. At that. Okay, well, there yeah. you go. It makes me feel a little bit better. That's way back when yeah, for Andrew Shout Bond, out Rick still, and Keel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, there you go, Rick so, and Keel. I mean, like, you know, I, I do wonder, though, because he can't dive. I mean, like, a lot of the times he's diving, his knee is making first contact, and that's what leads to him face planning all the time and hurting his hip and hurting his back last year. So I, I do worry about his ability to play defense. I do want to bring up a different comment, though, from Pine Tar Keyboard. It's up there, uh, purple icon. 
Uh, when you have the worst farm system in baseball, you have to do work in the offseason. Other contenders will get better over the summer. Uh, Sox probably can't, which is what I agree with because you talked about the Craig Kimbrell additions last year, yeah. and that made me feel better about the White Sox. Adding Craig Kimbrell, adding Ryan Zapera, adding Cesar Hernandez, I felt better about the White Sox than I did uh, on July 30th, right? Going into August 1st, I felt better about the White Sox. I do not see their ability to make a trade in this market with what they have. They don't have anything that I think is truly appealing to a lot of teams where if you want to fill out right field, and we've talked about this, if you were going to give up Craig Kimbrell, if that's your biggest piece, what contending team will have a right fielder that's disposable for you to help out? So, you know, they would need to trade Kimbrell in April, in May, in June before this starts to develop. Yes, Um, but that's, that's my biggest concern is that their best trade piece is a closer that's worth $16 million and that they'll probably have to eat a little bit of cash to get rid of. I don't think that you can improve this team without spending money because the trade market just seems almost impossible for them to navigate. They have not made a trade this season of note outside of our guy, Adam Hazley. Uh, so that, that's the only thing that I'd be concerned about is, yes, the offseason isn't over, but I don't know if they don't sign Conforto, if they can actually add a big enough piece where Sox fans would think it's not subpar. I do think it's subpar in the fact that it's below average. It's below a C. I think I'd agree with, with Herb here, uh, a C minus, but they did fill out some holes. They did fill out second base. They did get a better bullpen. And again, comparing the opening day roster, I do think that they're in a better spot in 2022 than they were in 2021. I just don't know if it's enough to get past the first round, which they haven't been able to do in 2020 and 2021. I'd even bet on it. I'd bet on it at PointsBet. You can download the PointsBet app (laughs) and use code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. You get two risk-free bets for a $50 or more first-time deposit. Uh, Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Vinny, you just put up an article about Andrew Vaughn. Members can go and read that. If you're looking to become a member, use the code CHGO. Make a first-time deposit of $50 or more. You'll receive a free HGO membership. You can read Vinny's work. You can read all of the team's great work from our beat writers and get a free choice of your shirt from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email the points bet at allchgo.com and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the points bet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Vinny, we mentioned the article. If people go to CHGO right now, what's the, what's the elevator pitch? What, what are you trying to sell people on, on the article today, or what are you trying to inform people about? Well, we've been talking about it an, an awful lot here, but it's basically, like I said, like I've been talking about today, you know, kind of separating Andrew Vaughn's hip injury from the desire to get Michael Conforto. So uh, just kind of looking at right field and, and kind of pointing out that, you know, the, the fact that this guy dove the other day, might need a little coaching up, we'll see, but and, and injured his hip doesn't automatically mean they need to run out and sign a right fielder. But also, that, move, that kind of move wouldn't hurt. Right, and CHGO <laughs> members should run out and go read Vinny's article. And if you're not a member, go to allchgo.com, sign up to become a member today. When you do, you get a free shirt when you become a member. Those are going to start shipping soon, so you'll get, a, you'll get a shirt fast. You'll be able to access Vinny's premium written content and you'll be able to join our CHGO Lounge. That's a members-only Discord. So if you sign up to become a member, you'll get access to the premium written content, a free shirt, and access to the members-only discount, the podcast, the live shows, 
the post-game shows, they're all free. It's just extra stuff that we're giving you on allchgo.com. So check it out, and uh, it, it should be a good time. It'll be worth supporting CHGO. Let's go into our final topic now. We'll talk about the Royals. We did this yesterday with the Twins. We're doing it today with the Royals. We'll do it tomorrow with the uh, uh, Tigers. Tigers, And we'll do it on Thursday with the Guardians. And then we'll talk more about the AL Central on Friday. And before we get to this, I got confirmation. Um, Our guy, Sean Evans, might join us on Friday. So uh, tune in for that. Hot ones. Sean Evans, White Sox fan, guys. He's a good guy. We got to put together some questions for him. It should be fun because uh, he he does a lot of in, uh, research for yes. for hot ones. So hopefully we can I can you know you and I can can craft up some comments to to get to hot level uh, question for his White Sox fandom. Uh, but let's jump into this Royals preview. We'll be doing this all throughout Friday, uh, and even on Friday, including when Sean Evans might be a guest. Hopefully, uh, you know Her- Herb's been able to book him before, so I don't think Sean Evans is going to big time us. Uh, <laughs> but let's get into the Kansas City Royals. We'll start with their lineup. Let's run down one through nine. We did this with the Twins yesterday. Witt Mirafield, one in right field. Bobby Witt, two uh, at third base. Sal Perez catching, batting third. Fourth, Andrew Benatendi, left field, uh, batting cleanup. Carlos Santana, first base, batting fifth. Hunter Dozer, DH, batting sixth. Alberto Mondesi playing shortstop, batting seventh. Michael A. Taylor in center field, batting eighth. And then Nicky Lopez playing second and batting ninth. We, I think the first question is, for the quick-witted Royals, Will Bobby Witt even make the team? So far, reports from the Athletics, Royals beat writers, and from just what he's been performing in spring training, seems like Bobby Witt's going to make the team. So uh, that, that's the biggest thing that, that sticks out to me from the Royals lineup. What sticks out to you guys for this 2022 Royals team? It's just uh, a consistent, nice lineup. It's not the best. The White Sox, I believe, have clearly the best. We talked about the Twins yesterday. have the second best. Now, this might be in contention with the Tigers uh, lineup. That's a solid lineup. If you could put that back up there, Stephen. Like, Whit Merrifield, he's 85 years old. All he does is get hits. <laughs> Bobby Witt, his dad's a former pitcher of the Texas Rangers. First-round draft pick. They've been waiting for this guy for a while. And, of course, him of uh, the record-setting season last year, Salvador Perez, even though he's not the best catcher in the AL Central, that's nope. Yasmani Grandel. He's awesome. He's a pitcher the White Sox did not figure out last year. Oh, throw a fastball down the middle to Salvi Perez? What could happen? How about you throw a slider outside of the – whatever. I'm still mad about that. <laughs> but that's a really solid lineup. I mean, White Sox fans know Carl Santana's going to do something versus because he's supernatural. Finney, do you get it? No? Finney? I got it. All right, all right. You didn't get it. <laughs> he's, uh, he's smooth. Yeah, that's that's too that's too well. That's too on the. You surface. guys are you guys are going with like '90s Santana references. I'm, too, I'm more I'm more back a, in 1960. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> but that's a really solid lineup, and I hate Hunter Dozier because he doesn't look up while he's running first base and knocking out our captain Jose Abreu. But he's a ve- Venezuelan good. magic catcher. Nice job. Thank you. It's <sighs> tough. What sticks out <laughs> to the Royals lineup for you? The thing that always sticks out about the Royals to me is that Lord wrote the song Royals and named the song Royals <laughs> after seeing a picture of George Brett signing autographs. So really? that was pre- that's at, pretty great. Hey, really? Yeah. Look at that deepness right that's there. That's pretty great. I always Speaking uh, of somebody who's on a milk carton. I always, <laughs> George Brett? No. no. Lord. Lord. Uh, there's a, you can find George Brett anywhere you want. Well, there's a video on TikTok of Lord doing a uh, acapella uh, version of a song uh, in front of a very intimate crowd, and uh, the crowd did not like it. No, so, uh, oh, that's a shame. They'll never be Royals. And there's that's also a, a YouTube video of George Brett explaining uh, something in spring training that he went to Kokomo's. It's a great video. Check it out. He went to Kokomo's? He went to Kokomo's, the restaurant in Las Vegas, and then crab legs and something ensued. I can't give it all away. <laughs> 
he does some things that uh, bodily functions are are involved. It's a great story. Check it out. George quite Brett. The, quite the tease. George uh, Brett. Great stuff. But, Take you down to the Kokomos. But, uh, yeah, I don't think the Royals are that good. I mean, mm-hmm. that lineup is fine, but, like, I mean, when we're talking about who's going to win the division, like, oh, they're yeah. not, they're, it's, it's not that good. I mean, Andrew Benintendi batting cleanup. <laughs> You're <laughs> upset at that. Come on. It's just, I, I mean, listen, they got some great players. Obviously, Whit Merrifield is, is amazing. Uh, Salvi Perez is great. And Bobby Witt Jr. is supposed to be just sensational. But uh, here's the thing. I don't think the Royals are that good. That being said, they, could, they probably will give the White Sox fits. Yeah. And they probably, uh, and the White Sox could very well end up with a sub-500 record against them this year just okay. like they did last year. That's just kind of how Sox Royals always seems to play out, isn't it? When you account for inflation, their payroll barely is higher than it was in 2011. So uh, that's... This I, is I, about I, the, oh, White Sox, the White Sox. Oh, okay. Guessing. All right. Well, never mind. Uh, that is a bad excuse. Uh, let's uh, let's mm. go into the Royals. Sorry about that. I <laughs> thought that was about the Royals because they aren't spending money on their team. Uh, their outfield seems a little bit thin, but that infield does seem interesting to me. Bobby Witt can be um, a huge just, you know, central destroyer uh, for the Royals. But even Alberto Mondesi, he hasn't been able to stay healthy, but when he has stayed healthy, uh, they, they compare him to a Ferrari, uh, the, the, the Kansas City Royals team. They're high on him, so if they're able to figure out his health, I think that he could be dangerous. And Nicky Lopez has a fantastic glove. So Naperville's own. I, I was oh, going to say, did you guys know he was from Naperville? No, Charlie <laughs> Tilson, right? He, no, Charlie Tilson's from uh, Nutria. If someone threw out Charlie Tilson saying that uh, – uh, our guy, Adam Halsey, is now going to be... Adam uh, Hazley. I know. Uh, I did that one on purpose. <laughs> uh, Adam Hazley uh, is the next Charlie Tilson. We got Halsey in the show today. Shout out to Halsey. It's a new Americana. Let's see the Royals uh, rotation. You got Brady Singer, Zach Granke, Carlos Hernandez, Chris Bubich, Brad Keller. I think the biggest one that sticks out, obviously, there is Zach Granke just because of the name. But everyone else... Pretty young. And it's not in the order of where they're going to go. Of course, Brad Keller probably be higher in the rotation. But that yeah. Carlos Hernandez thing, I was like, the former catcher? That's weird. <laughs> but, no, he, he came up and pitched last year. I think they have uh, big hopes for him. And Chris Bubich, which we saw last year, uh, faced the White Sox multiple times. I think he's teammates with former White Sox great Nick Madrigal back in the day. So, yeah, Brady Singer. What I saw of Brady Singer, I liked. He's going to be – Probably their ace of this staff. Zach Grinke's nothing, nothing to write home about, but he'll probably post every fifth. It's a f- all right. I shrug at that uh, starting rotation. It's fine. It, the White Sox will hit that. Well, especially he, Brad Keller. You I mentioned that, that, and I remember I don't hate him. I just don't like him. I remember betting against Carlos Hernandez when he was on the bump for the Sox, thinking that the White Sox were going to have this fantastic day against Carlos Hernandez. Who the hell is this? And he is. I think in 20 innings last season, he gave up like three earned runs against the Sox. So in classic Royals fashion, classic who Royals. were 10-9 and nine against the White Sox, the only team with an above uh, 500 record uh, in the AL Central against the White Sox last year. Uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 I do want to say like, yeah, this team, there's no way they're going to win 80 games. But also them signing Zach Granke, it's a young rotation. It's unproven. Doesn't mean it is bad because we haven't seen a ton for them, but Carlos Hernandez can deal with the White Sox. Brady Singer, like you mentioned, guy loads up the strike zone with strikes. He, he can hit the strike zone. It's just about missing some bats a little bit more, missing some barrels. Bubich, who's got a great pronunciation, uh, he's, he's a guy that was a, a top prospect as well. And Zach Greinke, if he's healthy, I mean, he's, he's one of those classic veteran, wily guys that can figure it out, and especially Kansas City. Like, I like the narrative. I'm a narrative guy. I think it's very cool that Zach Granke is on the Royals again, mm-hmm. and that's where my interest in the Royals rotation <laughs> ends. Um, it, I mean, Granke 
is a fascinating dude, uh, you know what I mean? And to see him go back to where it all started, where he had so much success. I mean, guys, we could be talking about a future Hall of Famer in Zach Greinke. It's definitely possible. Oh, um, he has to be, right? And I'm, I, I, I mean, I might far. vote for him. Who knows? you got to see who was all on there. But, yeah, uh, some great accomplishments throughout that career. A Cy Young in Kansas City. Great to see him go back. Other than that, though, that is a big-time meh list of starting pitchers. Brady Singer will be good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm unimpressed with the Royals. I think this is a – uh, this is an above-average Royals team. <laughs> it is not an above-average baseball team. Uh, that's as, well that's as far as I'll go there. I'd um, agree with that. Yeah, I mean, i I, I got to be honest with you. I don't think they'll ever be Royals. <laughs> they were in 2015 see what you did there. when that, well, when that well, song came nice out. Nice callback. Yeah. Great callback. Uh, but that city and that stadium, it's a must-go-to. Mm-hmm. It, you guys, it's like slept on. That city is very slept on. I mean, Vinny spent some time there. He understands. It is a – Coffin Stadium is probably in my top 10 of the 17 I went to. Love it out there. Where is it for you? Top five? I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'd put it top five. It's a nice place. Listen, I really, I, I really like how people think about the Royals in Kansas City. It's a team that uh, – especially when I was there, 2012, before they won, it's a team that really had never done anything outside, you know, back in the 80s. And I, I think they got. I think they got a good uh, a good fan base that really cares about a team that's not really competitive very often. Got a good owner too. So I'll, I will. Partial. I will. I will compliment them for that down there. I got family in KC. I spent a year down there myself. So uh, yes, a, a, applause all around for KC and Kauffman Stadium. As for the championship prospects of the 2022 Royals, I don't think we need to uh, spend too much time on that. Are they on the wrong side of Kansas City? I know you're a Mizzou guy. So are they the wrong side? There's yeah. only uh, there's, there's only one. well there's Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas City, Kansas. Not very big. It's not okay. Yeah. Either. Kansas, yeah, so the, everything the big city is Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah. Okay, right. and they don't Which play makes sense because they in play Missouri. in Independence. What's that? Yeah, they no, play they in play in Kansas City. They're they right next independence. to Independence, but it's it's still technically oh. KC. Yeah, all right. It's well, far from okay. the downtown area. It is far. Yeah. Where do we think the ro- the Royals will finish in the AL Central? We think we had. Uh, you said the Twins would finish third. I think Vinny and I were at second last year, uh, last last episode. So where are we where are we putting the Royals? I think the Royals will finish fifth place in yeah. the AL Central, Come on. but still give the White Sox all the fits in the world. Like, if they play 18 games, it's going to be a 10-9. to 9. I don't know who's going to get get a, ahead of it. They're just going to be the Royals. We're going to be hating games down there. Whit Merrifield's going to hit doubles, and they're going to somehow get a game. I remember that, like, 7 to nothing game. Sal Perez will crush a couple of fastballs. Yeah, and then somebody walked it off in the eighth inning. Like, it's always somebody with the goddamn Royals. <laughs> I think I hate them most. Getting, no. You're getting there more. I, probably the Twins because the stadium is not my favorite and I don't like the Twins. I don't, exactly. <laughs> I don't think about the, the Royals enough to hate them. Oh, I, I think I hate the Twins more. I hate Cleveland more. The Brad more. Keller, Tim Anderson twins. thing? Tim Anderson won. What did Brad Keller do? He threw a bad pitch and, and got the, absolutely rocked. Phil Meyer thing? And then got told to shut up by Tim Anderson. Like, yeah, uh, Tim Anderson won that one. Probably because I'm in those streets, you know, battling with, for uh, Yasmani Grandal being the best catcher over Salvador <laughs> Perez. Are you, the, you're out in the streets yeah. doing a little uh, West Side Story? Yeah. <laughs> Salvi sucks. When Salvi. you're a Yaz, you're a Yaz all the way. <laughs> Who cares about throwing out runners? It's 2022. <laughs> I, I think they'll finish fourth. I don't think I think they'll finish be- above Cleveland, <laughs> below the Tigers, below the Twins, below the Sox. I think they'll finish fourth. Fifth, I'm with Herb. Mm-hmm. I think last place for uh, for KC. Also, Granky is absolutely a Hall of Famer. Oh. What, what, it's CC Sabathia. What was his? What's his? Uh, his Carsten Charles. Carsten Charles, left-hander, over three thousand strikeouts. Right, CC is probably a a, a, a a Hall of Famer. He is sixty-two and a half WAR. He's got a Cy Young. Granky sixty-eight WAR. He's got a Cy Young. He's got. Five finishes in the top five for Cy Young. 
I, I think Granky's a, a Hall of Famer there. One other quote I wanted to bring up before we wrap this up, and this is on the Rick Hahn thing. Uh, you talked about the process. Uh, I meant, meant to bring this up, so I'm sorry I didn't. But this is from 2019 on the process, and he said, what's, import, what's most important is whether this entire rebuild process leads to multiple championship and ends in a parade. So this is the multiple championship quote that you brought up. That's how we're ultimately going to be judged. Securing a premium free agent at this time could be conceivable, conceivably accelerate the process could give us a little bit more margin of error, let's say, the talent that we've already brought in. So, like, Obviously, he's talking about a vastly different point yeah. in their rebuild than, than now. But yeah. still, about like jump-starting it, like, that's what a free agent signing would do. Like, it would jump-start this team. It would be beefing up this team. But I, I don't think they view it as a necessity still. I would say that you're talking about a time when Luis Robert was not Luis Robert. Aloy Jimenez was not Aloy Jimenez. True. Jose Abreu hadn't won an MVP. They didn't have... Yasmani Grandal, TA was not the TA that he is today. So I think jump-starting a process with a free agent in in February of 2019 is a much different result than doing so when you've got the team you've got right now. But the team they got right now is still, like, like obviously the progression is different, but Eloy, that was still Eloy's first year. That was still Moncada's first year at third base. That was Anderson. Like, that was the first shaping of that team was that 2019 team like that that was the probably the start of the the window era we're talking up. we're talking about the the machado offseason yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and that, that was yeah. a question about the yeah. process but I, I don't know if the process has changed you you like you brought up being a process guy so that's why i just wanted to yeah, bring it up was, I, mean, I don't know if the process has changed i understand what rick is doing it doesn't mean i like it um he believes in the guys that he has and you know if he believes in them, and that's his job to believe in the people that he picked, I'm gonna let I'm gonna give him a little leeway, a little leeway because he's a baseball man. He understands how to pick prospects. We see the team right now; that's his team. He picked those people, so I'll give him a little bit and see what Andrew Vaughn can do in right field. As long as Andrew Vaughn's not gonna hurt himself in right field, I think he'll be fine. I think the team will be successful overall. It's just you know you expect more, you want more. As, as you should. As anything. Right. As you should. Yeah. Then, yeah. And, you know, That's like what I said, being a at, fan's about, right? At the end yeah. of the year, we'll be happy that we're celebrating the ALCHO championship. Right? Right. Yeah. And exactly. I, I guess that's, too, why, like, fans got upset with the Tony remark is, like, what do you expect fans to want? Like, they want their team to be, like, just the Death Star of, right. of a baseball team. Yeah. So, I guess that's, that's where the And there's the, only the one of those, missed. and that's the Dodgers. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait. Didn't the Death Star get destroyed? Twice. Twice. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I didn't even see that movie. I know. I don't want them to be Death Star. But the it point happens is in two different like, movies, Herb. Yes. I haven't this, seen any of them. And they rebuilt it. Um, did they make like a hole that's really small, but also as a thing you could self-destruct the thing with? Yeah. Yes, they did. Yeah. It's, it's kind. Dumb. It's kind of like having just, three right fielders. God, this is dumb. It's kind of like having no DH. Mm, Darth Vader wasn't great at uh, building. No. That's, he's, no. He's the one who built that Death Star, right? Yeah, by hand. Uh. He's a... These uh, Star Wars people are like, this fucking Herb. Yeah. Big architect. This uh, fucking Anakin herb. Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker, in between becoming Darth Vader and, and recovering from his burnt body, became an architecture. Death Star was his dream job. That was his, you know, his Sistine Chapel. He did fail. Uh, <laughs> we don't think Rick Hahn failed. You know, we do think that it was no. at least subpar. Vinny, Vinny says it's not over yet, so we still I, have time. I mean, it, tec- it technically isn't it is. over yet. I don't know if anything's going to happen. April, April 8th is, the, is opening day. We're still not even in, in the, the, the opening month. So yeah, I'm going like, to yell at you if it happens, if Rick goes and makes a trade. Like, see, Sean, you have little faith. I, I have little Question faith Rick that they Hahn. can make a Ridiculous. trade. Ridiculous. I have little faith that they can make a trade. I have 
I have a lot of confidence that they could still go ahead and Michael, Michael Conforto because, you know, he's still out there as an option. But we'll talk about that all and more. We'll save it. We got another podcast coming out tomorrow and on Thursday and on Friday. We'll wrap it up for today. For Vinny Duber, you can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. That's Herb Lawrence, who, you know, is, is Rick Hunt's guy. 23 right there. You can follow him at Ecknerwall23 on Twitter. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Stephen and Kevin for producing. We will talk to you tomorrow on the CHGO White Sox podcast.